0: The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. What Jesus is trying to show us is the difference <clears throat> the difference between pride and humility. The pride of the Pharisee and the humility of the tax collector. And how different these two men are when they come before the temple to pray. How the Pharisee comes to the temple and is telling God how great he is. The Pharisee is telling God what he's done and what he hasn't done. And then the tax collector is there humbly beating his breast, not even lifting up his eyes, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. (coughs) Excuse me. I think what I've been thinking about is the very simple gift of just being present. Being present. Being present first to God, but then being present to others. Our world is teaching us one side of pride is to not be present to people or to God. How do I approach God when I come before Him? This is an important question. How do I approach God when I come before Him? When I come before God, am I just distracted? Is my mind and my heart filled with a million things? am I worried about what I'm about to eat after Mass, right? Or what I'm going to do after Mass, or who I'm going to hang out with after Mass. How do I approach God? How do I come before God? Because this Pharisee comes before God very much obsessed with himself. He's obsessed with himself. He's just thinking about himself. Whereas this tax collector only thinks about God And the need for God's mercy. It even says in the gospel, it says that the Pharisee came and he prayed to himself. The Pharisee prayed to himself because he was so obsessed with himself. Now, many of us would think that we're not the Pharisee, right? We're not the Pharisee, we're the tax collector who goes into the chapel, who comes to church, and we beat our breast and we tell God, have mercy on me, be merciful to me. But I'd like to challenge us, because I think many of us, including myself, are more like the Pharisee than we are the tax collector. I'll give you a very simple example. I remember when I first became a priest. It took me a while to get used to being a priest. I've only been a priest for four years, and I'm still learning how to become a priest. But I remember in my first year of priesthood, there were many things that I had to learn to get used to. There were many things that changed in my life. And so one day I was sitting in the Adoration Chapel and I was complaining to God, right? How many of us do this? We get to our prayer and right away we have our list of complaints, you know? The things that we need to complain to God to because we think that Jesus is our therapist and we can just come to him and just throw all of our garbage at him. So I come before God. I'm sitting, I'm staring at the Eucharist. And I'm just complaining to Jesus. Why are you doing this? Why do I have to go through this? I don't understand this person. I don't understand why this is like this. And I'm just complaining, complaining, complaining. My whole prayer was about me. As I was doing that, this was at St. George. In their Adoration Chapel, they have a big cross. And, you know, on every cross, there is the sign I N R I. And so as I was complaining to God, that sign fell and hit the altar and made a loud sound. And God shut me up because I was before him complaining about my life, about the things that I didn't think were right, about the things I thought were wrong, about the things I thought I deserved better with, and then that sign fell and Jesus says, Do you know who I am? I'm the king. Not you. I'm the king of kings. My brothers and sisters, we come before God with our lists of wants, with our lists of complaints, with our lists of what we want from God. And sometimes we treat God, we approach Him like He's a vending machine. We approach Him like He's a magician. Like... As if we come before God and we just put in our prayer, we say that Hail Mary or that Our Father, and poof! Everything is supposed to be okay again. Everything is supposed to be great again. What that is teaching us is to use God and to not be present to Him. One of my favorites is when I'm sitting in adoration and I see people walk in and they walk into adoration and. They barely even kneel. They barely even bow to the Eucharist. And immediately they take out their phone. They have their Snapchat, right? They snap Jesus, put some cute emojis, and post it on their story, right? And in my mind, I'm like, Jesus doesn't want to be on your Snapchat. Jesus wants to be on your heart, right? And we distract ourselves constantly. We keep ourselves so occupied by the world. And we don't realize how the world is teaching us to not be present. I have a question for those of you who have kids. When your kids act up, how immediately and how fast do you give them an iPad? Right? We throw that iPad in their face because we want them to be quiet. We want them to shut up. We want them to be calm. But we don't realize that when we're doing that, you're teaching your kids to not be present. You're teaching your kids to shut out the world And to shut out everything around them and to just be focused on this. And then when they're 15, 16, 17 years old, you're wondering why they have social anxiety and why they have no confidence and why they lack any type of social ability. Because we've taught them to not be present. We've taught them to be so focused on themselves and so focused on their needs and their wants that we're not teaching them to be present to God or to other people. I've been to some houses as a priest where every single kid is on their phone, right? And they're not even present to what's in front of them. But then I've been to other houses where these kids are so respectful, where they're present, where they're sitting with people, where they're with people, and they're paying attention, and they can actually have a conversation with an adult. We need to realize that God wants us to be present to him and present to others, but it takes a lot of humility in order for that to happen. When I was in seminary, there was a priest, a particular priest, and I'll never forget, because we always started seminary with a retreat. And this priest always just caught my attention. And so when we were on the retreat, we were sitting in adoration, and I was watching him, because I'm Chaldean and I'm nosy, right? And I want to see what is he going to do? So I'm watching this priest. He sits down because in seminary they taught us that every single day we have to sit with Jesus for one hour. Every single day we need to sit with the Eucharist for one hour. So I saw him sit with Jesus. He sat down. He opened his book. He read his book maybe for a minute, and then he closed it, and then for the rest of the time, he just stared at the Eucharist. And every time I saw him do that, I thought how how does he do that? Because when I go to adoration, I have to have my novena, my rosary, my divine mercy, this book, that book. And how does he just sit with Jesus? How does he just stare at him? It reminded me of this gospel because this pharisee comes before Jesus before God in the temple and he's just blabbing. He's blabbing his mouth about everything he's doing. Yet, this tax collector says one sentence. One sentence. This tax collector is more present to God than this Pharisee, who's supposed to be a religious leader, who's probably been taught this, who's done this for years. This tax collector was more present to God than this Pharisee ever had been. Why? I asked myself that question about this priest when I saw him sitting in adoration reading for one minute And then staring at Jesus for the rest of the time, I said, How? And I realized how. He was in love. This priest was in love with Jesus. And that's why he could sit there and stare at him. I want to make sure my parents aren't here because my dad said if I talk about him, he's going to walk out of church, okay? I don't think they are. (laughs) I've seen this in my parents. In our family room at home, we have two big chairs and my parents, those are their chairs. My dad has his chair, my mom has her chair. So every time I come home and I visit them, especially at night, they're both sitting in those chairs, but they're not saying a word to each other. How can they do that? Because they're in love. Think about couples who are in their 80s, right? a husband and wife that are in their 80s. They can sit with each other and not say a word to each other for hours. But simply being with each other is enough because they're in love. When you first start dating, there's a lot of words, right? There's a lot of text messages and Snapchat streaks and all of these things, right, that go into your first relationship, into getting to know this person. But what we mistake is it's not that you fall out of love it's not that you fall out of love that's not what happens it's that your love matures your love grows so your love is going to look different as time goes on when you're dating it's very dramatic right it's very intense when you get married that honeymoon phase is still there it's beautiful it's great it's awesome but 5 10 15 20 years of marriage Your love should be growing, it should be maturing, but you should come to this point of where just simply being with the person is enough. Just being with that other person is enough. And that's how we need to be with Jesus. That's what this tax collector teaches us. This Pharisee obsessed with himself. This tax collector obsessed with God. He just wants to be with him. St. John Vianney was a a priest in France. And he would see this old man coming to church every single day and he would sit in front of the Eucharist for hours. And he asked this old man, because St. John Vianney was so impressed by what this man was doing. And he said, when you come into the church and when you stare at the Eucharist, what are you doing? The old man said, he looks at me and I look at him. He looks at me, and I look at him. That is the relationship that we need to have with Jesus. The more present we can be to God, the more present we can be to him, the more we can be less focused with ourselves and more focused on God, then that becomes real. That we can come before Jesus, especially in this Mass, and say, Lord, look at me, and let me look at you. Lord, when I'm with you, I just want to be present to you, and I want you to be present to me, and I want your presence to be enough for me. So is God's present presence enough for you? Is God enough? Or do I need to come before God as if He's this vending machine, as if He's this magician, and unless He gives me that snack, unless He gives me what I want, that's when I'll be happy. That's not God. We need to learn to be with him and to be in love with his presence, to be in love with God's presence. And so I pray that we can receive that grace in this mass, that we would receive his love and just be satisfied with God's love, to be humble enough to say, God, all I need is your love. All I need is your presence. Amen.